everyone, and welcome to CartCast. My name is Tom Baker, and on this episode, we are going to be talking with Christy Kendall. And um, I'm not even going to attempt to sort of bullet point Christy's entire background in karting because it is so vast, and she's played so many different roles. And um, But she has been a racer, and she has been a team owner. She has been a promoter. She has been a business owner. And uh, I'm sure I left out about 15 other things, but we'll get to all of that as we welcome Christy to the show right now. Uh, Christy, you are the owner of Drive Your Line, which is a um, a karting shop, so to speak. Um, and you also are the uh, promoter of um, Karting on the Coast. And um, talk to us about both of those things. First of all, let's start with Drive Your Line. Tell us what that is and what do you do with that? Well, Tom, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Drive Your Line was actually created out of necessity. I moved here from Ohio, um, where I grew up racing, and I noticed that the atmosphere here, while it was still alive, it was stagnant because there was no avenue for any of these racers to purchase new merchandise or any place for these racers to get um, proper information when it came to clutch engagement and gearing and, and some, some of the basic things. Um, that I guess some of us take for granted that grew up with a great foundation and people to provide that for us. We kind of lack that here in central Mississippi. Yeah. So carding um, was actually doing very well. Um, you know, it was low on numbers. You know, they'd have seven to 10 show up at the local club, but we helped to facilitate new racers and bringing in some uh, education, so to speak, and some other people to help educate. And then we realized that they needed a market to purchase things at the track. And some of the most simple things, gears, chain, lube, um, spark plugs, air filters, fuel filters. And that's how it got started. And it it just kind of morphed and grew from there. And now we're a full service cart shop. Everything from, you know, basically soup to nuts. Wow, that's awesome. So it wasn't something you created because you just wanted to create it. It was something you created because there was a need for that in your area, and you just sort of stepped up and ran with it. Uh, pretty much. Um, well, you know, the obviously the Internet is everybody's favorite friend, and things like Amazon and eBay and yeah. the plethora of online stores and markets, but people still wanted that trackside-specific service. And while we tried to keep our, our prices fairly reasonable and competitive with those online prices, sometimes it's impossible on certain items, but yeah. a majority of them we can be competitive. And it's grown from that spark plug and air filter gamut to two different chassis lines, two or three different engine lines. Um, we're moving into our third trailer. Um, so it, it's constantly evolving and constantly improving. And we're really, we're really quite blessed and we're very thankful for the opportunity that the sport has offered us. For sure. All right. So where do, do you have a website? Where do people find Drive Your Line? So driveyourline.com is us. um, And that website is getting ready to see a complete metamorphosis. Uh, We are going to revamp everything, make it accessible online. So we want to be one of those online competitors. Nice. Um, But we're also going to focus and I'm going to say 75% of our business will be trackside support. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And that brings us to your other piece that we talked about um, in the open, which is uh, carting 
on the coast. What is that? Well, carting the coast um, actually, again, was derived from necessity. That little cart club that we started to help here in Jackson, Mississippi, was the Mississippi Carters Association. Um, the track was actually built by Lake Speed, has a great history. Its location is incredibly historic. It's a former POW camp. Oh, wow. Uh, it is actually um, acreage that was owned by the Army Corps of Engineers, and they built the Mississippi River Basin model there. So it was very wow. important to the history of the Mississippi River. And that piece of property was given to the city of Jackson by the Army Corps of Engineers. It became a city park. That city park, since its inception, has seen a lot of damage and a lot of wear and a lot of things that the city of Jackson is no longer capable of keeping up. They would like to. They would want to. Um, I actually went out and got a $300,000 grant for them to facilitate an upgraded surface um, some upgrades to the safety of the property as it pertained to the track area. And so far, they know they have the funds. It's just they don't have the wherewithal to get it done. And we can't do it for them. That's not how the grant works. Oh. They are the owners. They have to do it. And they don't see any of the funds until they actually do the work, pay for the work, and then they are reimbursed for the work. So knowing that the surface was becoming more and more dangerous – was becoming less and less racy. We didn't feel comfortable as a club to perpetuate and cultivate our racing culture there because it's not a safe environment. Right. So carding, carding the coast came into play. And I spoke to the fine folks down at Finish Line Performance Carding where we attended the Rock event in 19. Beautiful facility overlooking the ocean. Right. And then we went to NOLA Motorsports Park and we talked to the management there and were actually greeted with open arms to can you know come in help them bring kart racing, sprint racing back to their facility. Oh, wow. And between the two facilities, we have a 10-race series this year. We did a three-race test series last year and was met with phenomenal attendance. So we felt pretty comfortable after those tests to move into 2023, expand our program, expand our classes, expand uh, our race dates. Now we have a good bit of sponsorship coming in from people within the industry and people within the businesses and the communities that we race in. So we're bringing additional layers of exposure to these businesses, the racetrack and to the sport all at one time. That's awesome. And being able to, to be, to be a part of NOAA, I mean, that, that is a, if, if there was ever, I mean, it's the, it's the most overused cliche in the world now, the whole win-win kind of thing. But if there was ever something that fits that definition, it's this marriage because NOLA, I feel like, needed that um, as as sort of a baseline for everything else that they do there. They needed carting back. And you, obviously, your group was looking for places to race. So what, what better a situation then to be able to work that out with a with a facility that you know hosts Indy cars and 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 you know Trans Am and and uh, everything else there, um, but didn't have that foundation and now Carding's back. That is that's that's pretty big. I w- I would imagine down in that area, right? Well, the facility is just incredible. Uh, yeah. you know, if you've ever if you've ever been there or anybody has raced there, it's a phenomenal facility. The racetrack itself was very well thought out, very well planned. There are over 90 configurations just in the karting facility. Wow. Scoozes used it. 
uh, Rotax used it for the World Finals one year. It is an iconic facility. The fact that we can go there and not jeopardize their rental program, they can still generate revenue as they normally do. Right. So their business as usual and come in, promote our series, promote our racing, bring new people into the sport all at one time was great. But this past weekend was our first weekend back at NOLA for 2023. They had, I don't know how many different series going on. The North Track is the big road course, pushing three miles. Beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Trans Am was in town. F4 was in F4, town. Yep. I mean, you name Ultimate Challenge, they were all in the house. And that place was crawling wow. with racers and families and kids. And we had so much cross-promotion from that particular day that we have phone calls still coming in. You know, hey, we saw oh, you guys wow. at NOLA last week. So we're hoping to see a new group of racers generated from this event. And they're also hoping to see a new group of fans wanting to come back to NOLA to see other events there. That's that's exactly what you want. And and that's, that's an area that definitely is, uh, I think, primed for that sort of uh growth and you know the deep south at at one point had just a ton of carters and i feel like you know you you obviously have different types of carting right and i feel like the dirt um the the the, the sort of four cycle dirt um crowd from that group has shrunk um over over the years and uh it, and it's nice to see that at least in terms of um, the the road race aspect, um, there's some real possibility for growth, and that's a facility that um, obviously everybody would want to race at. So, um, if if you're telling me that the spectator part of it um, actually may grow some additional racers, that's to me that's one thing karting lacks. I think karting in general, it I don't and I don't I don't think it's because nobody cares about it. I think it's just because I'm not sure that, that the folks who promote really understand what they're missing, but I feel like that is one of the things that karting as a, as a whole could do better is really promoting themselves as a spectator sport, because I don't know anybody that I've ever come in contact with who has watched a kart race at a local track or watched something online with karting and not said, that is really cool. I had no idea karting was this big. And like, I think that people would show up and watch these races. If karting did a better job of promoting in the areas it's in. Well, karting's biggest issue is that we're competing with the cyber age. We're competing with online. iRacing, racing, sure. uh, other online racing platforms. We're competing against video games. We're competing against a society that has personal or instant gratification at their fingertips, whether it's a cell phone, it's a tablet, or it's a laptop. So they can be entertained in various forms of sports, motorsports, and gaming within seconds. Sure. Versus having to get the family, get dressed, get bundled up, pack a cooler, go to the racetrack. But at the same time, it doesn't smell like caster and race fuel. It doesn't have a bunch of kids and their families racing. It doesn't show the element of racing or karting that we all have thrived to continue. Right. And, and I think a lot of it, but, but I mean, I understand that you say there are many other, you know, um, uh, many other 
ways to to spend your time now and, and things competing for everybody's time and and yes there's the but people are going to races people are going to the track people are there to watch f4 they're there to watch everything else that was racing there right but um but and and it's like if karting would just we just had a huge event with ckna here in charlotte if ckna would would sort of make an effort to um to do some local publicity and 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 let people know that they're coming to Charlotte Motor Speedway in you know three weeks or whatever, and it's you know five bucks to get in or or, or you know whatever. Um, I have to believe that people would come and watch this because I know that from being a part of events that are live streamed, the feedback I get. You know that people are people watch it and if they see it for the first time, they're like, "Okay, we we knew karting existed, but we just had no idea it was that big or that cool." Like, there's 50 carts on the track right now. That's incredible, right? And that's, um, I just feel like we're missing something. And I think, I think it's it, you know, you had all of those people milling around for the other forms of racing, and you got the tag along exposure, and you're saying that that may have increased or hopefully will increase, you know, the participation in your, you know, your group going forward, carting the coast. Um, that's exactly what we need more of, it seems like, right? Well, I don't know if you're actually going to perpetuate or attract fans that want to come and bring a lawn chair and step up to the fence and watch. But what you are going to create are those fans that have seen it. They're going to go back and tell their families and they're going to create new racers or potentially attract them to attend a race and become a racer. And then the residual from their attendance becomes new fans. Um, we, again, have a lot of things to compete against, especially yeah. if you're in the Charlotte area. There's so many means of watching a race at upper levels, even medium levels in that region, that Carding struggles to find that foothold. Um, granted, 90% of those racers sitting behind a big steering wheel learn their craft at the hands of a little steering wheel. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's I just don't think Carding tries hard enough to get the foothold. I don't think they do any promotion in the areas that they come into and I think they're missing the boat because if people don't know it's coming, then obviously they're not going to show up and I do think that you would get people to come out and watch it and I I saw that at Barnesville last year there were people tailgating the entire mm -hmm. afternoon. Like Mm -hmm. People will people will come, but you've got to tell them. And I think that's how you get the new participation is you do outreach. And and I just I I wonder about that. But I the and the, and the only reason I even brought all that up is because when you said that you know you're still getting calls, um, I think that's sort of in a very small data sample sort of way. I think that's um, you know that's a little bit of proof that if people are exposed to it. And you make the entry, the on-ramp easy enough, you know, simple enough um, and welcoming enough. There there you have it. I, I, I just, karting to me is, I mean, I love quarter midgets. I love Legends cars. I love Bandoleros. I think they're all, you know, neat things for kids to, to sort of break into the sport with. I think karting's better than all of them. <laughs> and I think, I think you see that in a lot of the drivers, you know, all 33 starters, in the Indy 500 last year, came from karting originally. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, um, you know. Karting is the biggest bang for the buck. There, yes. There's no doubt about yes. it. Even when it comes to horsepower to weight ratio, 
it's still the biggest bang for the buck. Yep. Um, you know, sitting in, in our shop is Allen's twin engine V stock. It's still the biggest bang for the buck. Right. Where else can I go and watch anybody race at Daytona at well over a hundred mile an hour for under $20,000 right. for a, a complete package? You can't. It provides the best racing, the best fundamentals, and the best environment for families and for new racers coming into any form of motorsport than any other form of motorsport, bar none. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, just to kind of set the table here, we should probably go back. Um, give us a, a couple of minutes of your background in karting, because it goes all the way back to, what, the 70s, I think, right? So my dad was a flat track racer, uh, or, or had aspired to be, and he had a great affinity for motorsports. Um, so that's where I kind of got hooked was going to the dirt tracks. My mom worked, uh, nights when we lived in Florida. Okay. So we got to go to, you know, the local dirt track or the local racetrack when she was at work. Um, and sometimes on school nights, which she didn't know about until right now. Um, and that kind of spurred things along. We found that in South, South Florida, there were several racetracks that had rental carts, South Florida Raceway, Michelle's Raceway, just being two of them. My parents all but spent their entire paychecks taking me to the rental track, sitting me on their lap, and mashing the gas pedal. Oh, wow. I couldn't reach the pedals. I could barely reach the steering wheel. And I think I was like four or five years old. So by the time I was six and seven, finally had my first race cart, um, bought it from Shin's Cart Shop. Gary Barron sold it to us, which is Dr. Todd Barron's big brother. Oh, wow. Okay. And, <laughs> and it just kind of took off from there. We... Started running McCullough's back in 76, 49E. I mean, that was that was the jam back then for us little ones. And it just continued to grow from there. We moved to Ohio. I got hooked in with George Demanic, a.k.a. Zumi. And that's when things really took off. That's when I really got an education. Started going to nationals, IKF, WKA, more regionals, a couple pro races, street races. And by then, I was hooked. That's it, it just kept going from that point forward. Wow. Fortunately, that education got to me into a couple of midgets, a sprint car every now and then. And I had the opportunity to meet some incredible people within motorsports. And for that, I'm incredibly thankful. And it all started in karting. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and you've really had sort of a, and a lot like myself, you've had a, a sort of wide variety of uh, opportunities in, you know, it, I mean, you, you raced and, and, and still have carts and still, um, you know, I don't, uh, I haven't raced in years and it was never my thing. I didn't start till I was 32 and it, and it wasn't karting and it was really just fun and it was opportunity and I enjoyed it, but, but I, it was never about me becoming a great racer and going and doing something with it. Um, it was just something I did in addition to all the stuff I was trying to do, like announcing and everything, all of this media kind of stuff. And, and, but you, you and I have both had a lot of different opportunities in a lot of different spaces in the sport. And I think, um, I think now what you're doing um, is really right in your wheelhouse, like all of the knowledge and all of the, the networking and all of the, the, the relationship building that you've done over the years and, and, and everything you've learned. Now you get to, to do these things and, and make an impact in an area of the country that really needed it um, for your part of the sport. What are you seeing as um, what are you seeing as the positives 
and maybe what are you seeing is, I don't want to say negatives, but some things that, that, that you, you know, we should be doing differently or better, um, you know, in order to continue to grow this, this sport of karting for everybody. Well, I think that the start, the sport has gotten to the point where we only focus on the top. And while the top is wonderful, the Scoozas, the USPKSs, all those big national series, they have some incredibly talented drivers. And many of those drivers you're going to see as household names in the very near future. Sure. But all those drivers and all those teams and all those people started somewhere. And there is a direct lack of support for the local club, the local events, and the local culture in racing, in karting. We don't have as many clubs as we used to. That's true. Again, our our sport is competing with the cyber world, the instant gratification world, yada, yada, yada. Racing, any form, is all about earning it, owning it, and getting it. It takes a lot of work, it takes a good bit of money, and it takes a lot of patience. Yeah. If you're not willing to do those things, and you don't have those three you're not going to make it to SCUSA, USPKS, Rock, Rotax, World Championships. You're just not going to go there. I don't care how talented you are. But, again, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And our t- our pool of top competition talent is getting smaller and smaller every year because our bottom base is getting smaller and smaller. That has to change. That We need to start igniting that bottom where everybody begins, that backyard club, that local event, that has to be rekindled. I agree. We're no you. longer going to be the start of all all motorsports. Um, I don't know all the answers, but I know in the absence of change, nothing's going to change. So that's where Harding the Coast came in. We're dedicated to continue staying that local, homegrown, hometown, have fun family venue. And you're based um, basically in the in the Delta or the the Deep South, however you know people want to phrase it. Um, what can what can the those people listening to this? Because um, I do agree with that. I think everything has to start at club level, and I think it's interesting that um, NASCAR, for example, you know now now they have a quarter midget series. I don't think there's a NASCAR series for Kurtz, and I'm not saying there should be. I'm just saying it's interesting that NASCAR chose quarter midgets um, versus Kurtz and doesn't seem to be interested in doing much with Kurtz. You had IndyCar. Um, IndyCar, you know, kind of looks at certain, I think, types of cart classes as, you know, being for their road to Indy or whatever, but it's there's nothing there used to be it, it like Rotax, it feels like was, um, was huge. And now I feel like it's kind of getting smaller. Um, and, but yet it's still popular in pockets of the country. And we're actually going to talk to Jack Armstrong about that in the next cart cast, um, a little bit more about some of, of, of those things, but what do we do? How do we start with, with trying to revitalize club carting, um, and, and, you know, trying to sort of get a flow going of um, levels of karting where drivers can come in and get experience and step up and do those things again. How do we do that? What are your thoughts? Well, 
I think that the attraction to quarter midget racing for any large professional organization has to do directly with liability. Seat belts, rolled cages, so on and so forth. Um, okay. I worked for I worked for Nervo uh, chassis back in the day when it's oh still boy, Nervo, Nervo Coggin. Yeah, yeah. Was part of the G- JSCA crew. Yes. Um, those were some of the best years in my career in motorsports. Yep. I loved working for Bob and Joe. Yep. Um, met some very, very cool people while I was there. But, you know, Bob was, uh, he was very slow to warm up to the whole karting model because he grew up in a, a small motorsport segment that was all about safety, roll cages, and so on and so forth. But we still had a two-gallon aluminum tank behind the driver's yeah. head filled <laughs> yeah. with methanol. Yeah. So, <laughs> which I was quick to remind Bob that, um, seriously, let's think about some safety here. Yeah. Um, and all of those things started to change as they went to fuel cells. But I believe that JSCA... QMA, U, USAC, and now NASCAR all see the value and the validity of small suspended cars as it relates to big suspended cars. So there's a lot of things that quarter midgets offer that completely transfer into large cars. Carding, a little bit different. We don't have suspensions. We don't have roll cages. We don't have seat belts. So a lot of people do question the safety. Um, I will say this. I was hurt far less in an open go-kart than I ever was riding racehorses, which was my career. Yeah. Um, the go-kart didn't have a mind of its own, thank goodness. But still, <laughs> the potential of injury and in, in issue is there. Um, I just think that karting needs to get back to their grassroots foundation. And so many of these organizations that used to focus on that, I'm not going to go into names, they think that they're now an upper-level organization. Well, you were an upper level organization where you still took care of the bottom level. Right. And now nobody is. Yep. And we have to get back to that. Um, I talked to Xander Clements at great lengths about this on multiple occasions. And Xander put it best. He's still involved with the sport because he wants everyone to experience what eight year old Xander ex- experienced. Right. Yep. And 16 year old Xander and 20 year old Xander and Xander today. And he's absolutely right. Karting provides more than just racing. It provides life skills. It provides relationship skills. Sure. It provides decision-making skills. And it provides public relations skills. All of these things you are not going to learn from a computer game. Well, that's true. And that's true of motorsports and probably sport in general in a lot of ways. But you're right. And karting, but I just feel like karting gets left out in a lot of ways, out of the conversation when it shouldn't be. And that's why um, that's why we, why I'm doing CarCast, why I'm doing Steering Wheel Nation magazine. I, wanted, I want people from outside of the karting you know, group to, to know about karting and to see these big events and to see what karting can do and to see how big karting still is. And, and to, you know, to get a sense of the excitement that goes on. Um, I mean, I was at the CKNI race at Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, had an absolute blast, 380 entries. They, I mean, ran everything on time. It was a well-run, well-organized show, and the racing was awesome. I mean, we had some several, actually, last lap, you know, passes coming to the checker. Um, three wide in some cases, um, Jamie McMurray's son was one of them. Um, like everybody should know about this and everybody should be, be seeing, be able to see it. 
And whether it's in person or, or through a live stream, like it should just be so much bigger than it is. And I think we, I think those of us who have the ability and have the position to be able to promote and to be able to, to um, help lift it up. I think we have a responsibility to come together and do that because it's the only way it's ever going to happen. Right. Well, I, I, somebody was talking to me about the flathead era and carding and where they felt that all that went wrong and where they wanted to lay blame. And I said, yeah, but you, you guys as cart racers, all you four cycle guys, you guys allowed it. You allowed it to happen. Well, it's true. Yeah. So as you look back in carding, those who have been here a while, myself included, we have allowed certain things in the sport to happen. And yeah, we can all sit here and complain about it, or we can stand up and make a difference or come up with a solution. Or you can talk to these organizations and provide them solutions. You can provide them guidance. You can provide them input. Unfortunately, they don't want it. They have their plan and that's the path they're taking. Well, I got my plan and that's the path I'm taking. Right. And my plan is to help build the bottom level racer or attract the new person, improve the people that are currently at our level, and watch them rise and move on to be- better things and bigger series. And and I hope that someday somebody will say, yeah, that kid came out of Carding the Coast, and man, he's good. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, that's the impact, right? That's what you want. You want yep. to be able to promote the future of Carding and, and to keep um, to, to build Carding into the future and I think I think everybody that that's whether it's you know an, uh, the organizations you know your scuses your 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 CKNAs WK you know um, whatever it is USPKS everybody should be wanting not just to build their own organization but everybody should be conscious of the bigger picture which is if we can get more people into carting then. There's going to be plenty enough to go around, you know, and and everybody's going to benefit from that. And, um, you know, and even the dollars are an awful lot of motor motor builders, tire manufacturers. Yep. Everybody should be invested in the future of carting and not just in their own their own future, because if, if there's no carters, then, you know, everybody's gone. And and I think I think we need to take a much bigger picture view of what we're doing whether it's you know you promoting your series me doing the media um you know or you know somebody making motors or or tires or whatever um or a series i think everybody needs to 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 keep the big picture in mind because honestly in my opinion and and please disagree with me if if you if you if you do but um it's my opinion that the Dr. Todd Barons of the world are the people we need more of in the sport because those are the people that are doing it at 60 plus years old because they love it. And those are the people that are going to stay a little longer. Um, Yes. You're always going to want to see the younger ones go up and have other opportunities and make carding famous. But I think carding has a responsibility to sort of claim them and to be talking about them as, you know, he, these drivers were all and and I forgot even where that where I heard about that stat um, that that all 33 of 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 the starters in the, in the Indy 500 last year came out of carding. That's an amazing stat. And and that stat should be coming out of every crevice of the carding industry 
as as outreach to people going, look, we matter. It's not just, you know, the backyard club, though the club is where it starts. Um, and these clubs aren't just groups of people having a good time with a go-kart. And by the way, the safety thing for me, sure, it's there. It's 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 obviously there. Um, it's there in any form of the sport. But I will I will be honest. I would rather um, I would rather fall out of a go kart um, and and have and and get out of the you know than I would to hit something at 150 miles an hour at, that's rigid with with something that's rigid and have me take the brunt of the impact, which I see in some you know some race cars. I I don't feel like. When you consider the number of people who race go-karts all over the country every weekend, I, I, I think the safety record of karting, if we're conscious of, you know, barriers and things like that, we do those things right. I think the safety record of karting is way better than most people would probably think. Well, I know personally, I, I've probably turned countless laps in a go-kart, both yeah. lay down and sit up. And can count on one hand how many times I was ever hurt. Yeah. Yes, I've I've flipped one. I've broken a collarbone. I've broken my ribs. But you know what? I could have done that walking down the street. Falling out of a tree. Falling off the exactly. monkey bars. I've fallen football. out of plenty of trees. I mean, I, but yeah. the safety factor and the advancements in safety protection gear, neck restraints, driving suits, helmets, barriers. I mean, now we have soft cube plastic impact yes. barriers. We didn't have those back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Yep. Um, you know, now they're they're everywhere. Everybody has them. Every track has them. So the advancements in safety, both at the track level and the competitor level, have increased and improved exponentially. Yeah. And a lot of those advancements were derived from upper class racing, you know, IndyCar, midgets, whatever. And it trickled down to us um, and vice versa. So the fact that we have made great strides in advancements in safety is a testament to those involved in this sport and how our insurance companies and our sanctioning bodies work together to help utilize what's available to keep our racers as safe as they possibly can. Yes. All of our rules are looked at and scrutinized by our insurance provider. All of them. Every word in our rule book is reviewed by our insurance provider. So, you know, we're working with our, our track here in Mississippi, here in Jackson, that we're no longer really doing much with we just announced yesterday that the club is stepping back from its involvement and it was because we were told that the other insurance partners within the park were no longer interested in providing insurance because they deemed the facility unsafe oh wow not necessarily our specific facility though there are some issues with it but they deemed other facilities within the park unsafe that means unsafe for public exposure same thing in carding if you're doing something they feel is unsafe, they're going to tell you. Right. They're going to tell you, hey, look, our years of background information, education, uh, and data collection is telling us this is not a smart move. Yeah. So there are a lot of things within the sport of carding that we must adhere to to appease the insurance gods. Sure. Um, you know, it, it breaks my heart that we don't have a lot of classes we had in the past. I would love to see stock appearing come back. I would love to see modified open come back. I would love to see unlimited come back at the sprint level. We have these races or these classes at the road race level on big tracks. Yeah. Um, but I think that it, it leaves something to be desired that's left on the table when it comes to imagination and ingenuity and creativity 
And I think we're losing part of that in our sport by making everything spec. Spec engine, spec oil, spec fuel, spec this, spec that. There is something to be said for spec programs. Some of them, most of them, have done exceptionally well. Right. Some of them have helped curb cost. Others, not so much. Costs a lot of money to buy that spec item because now it's spec, it's certified, it's been checked, it's been scrutinized. But there's a lot of old spec equipment sitting out there that could still be used with minor modifications. So Carding the Coast is going to offer this year at our October race at NOLA Motorsports Park. I think, don't quote me on the date, I believe that's the 24th, 25th, 26th, a stock appearing 100cc sprint class. Oh, wow. This will be a money, this will be a money class. We will announce that amount as it gets closer to the event. I have a couple sponsors interested in coming on board, so I'm putting it out there. If you've got, if you're a two-cycle purist and you got those 100cc stock appearing motors sitting around on the shelf, blow the dust off of them, bring them out, get yourself a wheel, man, and let's go. We're dropping the gauntlet. If you want to be creative and bring ingenuity and fun back into the upper levels of kart racing, then let's bring back that stock appearing class at least one time and see how it goes. Now, uh, where and when is this again? Please tell us. This will be the weekend before Halloween at NOLA Motorsports Park. Okay. Um, there's going to be a bigger announcement about what all's going on at the park itself. They're getting ready to release some very exciting news. Uh, but the karting complex, we're going to be running our regular Karting the Coast series there that weekend. And uh, we definitely want to include something kind of cool. An old school, 100cc, stock appearing class. I might even consider making it an open 100cc class. Maybe Uh-oh. both. Uh-oh. We, I think, I think that was the can of worms, I feel like, uh, that just mm-hmm. got opened there. Um, and, and, you, and I know you're, you love doing that. So <laughs> nobody better than you <laughs> well, to open a can of worms, Christy. <laughs> well, but we want to be able to open the can of worms where it's bait to bring in new interest. Yes. And if we can bring out the old hot shoe racers that have that kind of background and knowledge, they expose their wheelhouse to a different group of racers. Yes. And that's what makes it cool and interesting. Nice. Well, that would be fun. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I look forward to uh, hearing more about that as it starts to become more real. And, and, um, and you know, any, any time that you've got anything to announce uh, about any of that or anything else for that matter, um, you know, we, we would love to, to have you back on the cart cast to do it. Uh, and, you know, I just think what you're, what you're doing um, and the, the model that I think that you're creating um, with carting the coast, um, I'll, I'll get the word on out of there, uh, which I keep doing <laughs> for some reason, cause I'm old, I guess. Um, but, uh, carting the coast, the, the model that I think that you're, you're, you're creating here is, is a model that, that could be duplicated, um, in other parts of the country and throughout the sport. And I, I, I think it's cool that you're, you're trying to, um, you know, to, to bring back, uh, a type of carding that is a little bit of a different mindset and it's a different, you know, it's a different animal. Um, you know, we saw the vintage for a little while, um, they're out there and, you know, uh, it would be fun to see. I agree. Classes like stock appearing 
if you can do it the right way and, you know, again, it, it, it becomes a situation where, you know, everything's got to be safety first and all of that. But I think, I think a class like stock appearing, this is the time. I mean, everybody is uh, so much of, of our sport is in this sort of phase of retro, you know, and classic and vintage and, you know, all of that, I think this would be an interesting time to explore that. Well, I think that now that you've mentioned vintage, the VKA, Vintage Karting Association, has done an exceptional job at preserving the history yeah, of the sport, especially sure. when it comes to carts, engines, tires, wheels. I mean, everything that you needed on a cart, they have preserved that for the future. And it's so cool to watch the guys and what they find and and those you know garage finds the trailer queens that have been sitting there forever yeah and they're putting them back in competition some of these guys are pretty darn serious yep you know lake speed mike geese and those boys they play for keeps then there's others that just want to go out and turn laps and have fun with their friends and that's cool too the fact that these these old carts and engines are all being utilized today is a testament to the fact that people get in the sport and they stay in it yeah well, and that there again, I think that's the, the that's the distinction, and I think that's something that again, all of karting should be trying to sort of foster is how do we get the folks who want to come into karting and have no ambition of using karting as a step? Not to say that's bad, because you're always going to have that, and we want that because that should be basically free advertisement for karting and and how important it is you know that all of these people started in karting and now they're you know wherever it is they are in the sport right but but we also need just like the rest of the sport the short track oval stuff same kind of thing there you know you need people at your at, at hickory motor speedway up the road from me here you need people to become hickory lifers to develop that fan base and make people either love them or hate them depending on you know what you but but you you need those long-termers and i think um you know i think that's really important and i think carding ought to be making a conscious outreach effort to to sort of present itself as you know this is a form of racing you can participate at at any level um you know and and again budget is you know you can say it's the cheapest form and it is not to say it's cheap right nothing's cheap but you know if you want to play at the the four cycle 206 level great if you want to go a little faster and you want to get into two cycle fantastic um but we need more dr todd barons we need more people that that get into this and see it as um, you know, a fun way to, to, to get their speed, uh, you know, on and, you know, and do it, uh, over a long, long-term period because we need people to, to come in and stay in and not people to come in and just, you know, cycle up. Well, and just like we said, there's people that have been in the sport and they stay here. Look at the spotty family, TS racing. Yeah, there you go. Bill, Todd, Brett. And they have been involved in every facet of the sport, everything, dirt, road race, sprint yep. racing. Brett is, um, he handles the CKNA South. Todd is TS racing. Yeah. Bill is an icon in our sport. Bill was at my You're very right. first go-kart race when we were in Florida. So, I mean, th this is a family that has been here for generations. And now Brett's kids 
go to the races with him and they're going to grow up in this culture. Right. So there's a lot to be said for the work ethic and wherewithal that you learn in karting that potentially are the skills to make you a success as a human being. Yep. No, I agree. And, and I, I, you know, yeah, I remember Brett when he was, I think he was a junior racer. I go that far back with him, I think. And, and, uh, I uh, haven't seen him in a long time, but I saw a picture of him the other day. He's obviously all grown up and married with kids and oh, yeah. looks like yep. he's grown out a little bit too. So he, he all. <laughs> he's, he's gotten taller and wider since I saw him the last time, but uh, no, it's great to see. Um, it's great to see that kind of thing. Again, the generational thing in our sport is in, in it's all of motorsports again, not just karting, but the, the, the generational um, aspect is just amazing. And that's, you know, again, I just, I, I feel like you're doing some really good work um, there in, in your region and, you know, you're applying um, a mindset and an approach to it that I think others could, could learn from and follow. Um, and so, um, okay. We talked about driveyourline.com. Um, tell us how people keep up with carding the coast. So carding the coast is at cardingthecoast.info. Okay. Uh, you can find our rule book there. We have an entire tech manual, all of our classes, our schedules found there, PDF uh, forms for everything, free registrations on trackrabbit.com. Just look for the carding in the coast events. Um it's pretty easy to keep up with us. We're on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, gosh, we're on uh, YouTube. So we're, we're slowly building up everything. I get a couple people pushing me to do TikTok. It's like, I can only do so many things. So <laughs> I hear I'm you. I'm going to turn a lot of this over to my younger son. Um, but, yeah, we're trying to keep things as homegrown and as simple as we possibly can while still growing the sport and attracting people to it. And even when we have our events, we're very um, we're we're very particular about time frames. We do practice on Friday because not every kid's going to be in school for the rest of the year. Right. Not every parent wants to work on a Friday; they'd rather be at the track. <laughs> and we race on Saturdays, but Friday night is our is our family cookout night. You bring something to the table, we throw it on the grill, we stick a a spoon in it, and share it with everybody. Um, it's basically a pit potluck kind of deal oh okay and we've had more people comment about that because now they don't have to pay for a meal on the road okay they get to come and socialize and cook out with everybody and sit down and shoot the breeze and you know bring your cooler and share it with everyone and it's just such a cool environment now that's a cool idea right there that's something some of our racers they they camp at the track so they don't have to go anywhere um other racers, they stay close by, but like I said, that's a meal they don't have to pay for themselves. Mom, dad, one or two kids, or their friends, their are people that are coming to help them. So we, everybody brings something to share, and that's the way we get through that Friday. Um, everybody's in the pits a little bit longer, wrenching, getting ready for the next day. Nice. Sundays, we reserve for travel, church, rain date. Um, Sunday's your day. Okay. You can do what you need to do, what you want to do. Uh, we have been encouraged to have two-day events. Two-day events are twice the expense. Right. A lot of people are going to leave because they got to get back. So, you know, we're going to judge our, our schedule on two-day events as we see more participation. And if we see more and more people requesting that two-day event, then we'll go ahead and, and have a couple of them. 
Um, but I, I really feel that our model with practice on Friday, race on Saturday, travel on Sunday has been very, very successful for us so far. And it makes it real easy for the racers. And I love that pit party because that way, like you said, that's one less meal that you got to go pay for. And it Mm -hmm. gives everybody a chance to socialize and relax and hang out together and build, build some camaraderie. Um, You know, I, that's, and that, that would be easy for any um, event promoter series, whatever that would be an easy thing to implement. And it's a little thing, but it makes a big difference in everybody's enjoyment of the event. It makes a big difference in their budget. That too. Um, yeah. It makes it makes a big difference. You know, we have um, a, we have a few competitors that are from other countries, and it gives them the opportunity to socialize with those that are local sure. and get some resources. So now they know where they can get certain things or who they can rely on for certain information. Um, they also, you know, get to know that maybe dad is a former DD2 person or was running 125 tags. Um, meanwhile, his kids run him 206. Yeah. They didn't realize that until that Friday night that, oh, hey, I can go over to so-and-so and get some uh, expert advice. So it, it kind of opens the door for something other than standing on the fence and socializing for 10 seconds. You're sitting there for an hour or so, shooting the breeze, having yeah. a meal. And having a good time and, you know, and, you know, being in the South, you got to bring your bug spray, but every one (laughs) of these has gotten, has gotten bigger and better and we get more positive feedback on them at every event. That's fantastic. I love that. And, uh, just love hearing what you're doing down there, uh, over there, however you want to say it, um, in, in the region there. And, um, you know, I think there's, there, there are some things there that, um, could inspire others to, uh, to follow or, um, you know, expand on or, you know, use, uh, in their own situations. And, and again, you know, having a, a potluck like that is 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 easy to do, um, and and I think it encourages everybody to sort of um, you know be together and and have fun, and um, that's what this should be about at this level. So, um, okay, yep. driveyourline dot com, carningthecoast dot info are the two websites to. Um, and then, of course, all the relevant social medias. If you want to uh, go search out uh, Christy and her groups and her uh, organizations and, um, you know, go check those out. Uh, thank you for taking some time with us on CartCast, Christy. And I know this won't be the last time. It's just the first time. Um, and uh, wish you all of the best this season uh, with your series and your endeavors. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. And obviously for the invitation, it's been an honor. All right. We will uh, be back in a moment to wrap things up on CartCast. Stay with us. If you're getting into karting or in the market for the next big thing in a chassis, check out the all-new Skull Dragger from Roll Speed Performance. Veteran racer Scott Heath has designed a chassis for four-cycle sprint and road race competition that has already gotten wins across the country, including his debut at Daytona on the Rolex track. Skull Draggers have been to Victory Lane in Pittsburgh, Summit Point, Roebling Road, and Mid-Ohio as well. The RSP Skull Dragger features a ton of adjustments, from caster and camber to axle changes and wheelbase. This responsive new design is manufactured at Phantom Racing Chassis in China Grove, North Carolina, but the design is all about roll speed. Check out www.roll-speed.com. That's roll 
Speed.com and get yourself on one badass, bad fast Skull Dragger chassis today. Welcome back to Kurt Cast. We hope that you enjoyed the interview with Christy Kendall, and we are looking forward to our next show. We are actually going to have a little bit of conversation about two cycle and uh, some of the motor situation that's going on over there um some kind of changing of the guard i feel like when it comes to two cycle motors jack armstrong is going to join us jack uh, is a uh racer from colorado who is he's raced two cycle and four cycle and he's going to kind of break things down for us a little bit on the two cycle side so we'll talk about that on the next show before we cut out of here though Wanted to just go through a bit of a calendar of events, some things that are upcoming in the world of four-cycle karting that uh, I have in front of me here. This is courtesy of Keith Champagne and Kart Lounge. Coming up this weekend, the CKNA South Series goes to Monticello Karting Facility down in Monticello, Florida. That's March 31st through April the 2nd. And also this weekend uh, at uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park, in Millville, New Jersey, is the World Karting Association, WK's Vega Tire, powered by Summit Road Race Series. Action down there, or up there, I guess, if you're sitting where I am, in New Jersey. That should be a lot of fun. Coming up April 14th through the 16th at uh, Newcastle, Indiana, Newcastle Motorsports Park. It is, the uh, again, the WK Gold Cup. Vega Kart Racing Tires, powered by Summit Gold Cup Series, back in action uh, in Indiana. That, by the way, is a change in venue. Whiteland not able to host this particular show that was scheduled, uh, so they moved it to Newcastle, and it is going to be, I think it's going to be a night race. So that should be be a lot of fun. And then um, coming up in... Uh, Oh, on the same weekend, actually. It's uh, CKNA Northeast Series, Cup Carts of North America, Northeast Series series action at Oakland Valley Raceway Park in Cuddybackville, New York. I love that place. Haven't been there in a long time, but uh, really enjoyed the couple times that uh, I was able to go there. Hopefully someday be able to go back. Um, Also on that same weekend... (laughs) That's going to be a busy weekend, April 14th through the 16th, because on that same weekend, on the 15th and 16th, at Summit Point, uh, Shenandoah in Summit Point, West Virginia. It is the Woodbridge Cart Club in action again. That is basically Road Race Series um, action there. And then the following weekend uh, at MCC of Cincinnati, in Batavia, Ohio, it is the CKNA North Division will be in action. That's April 21st through the 23rd. So a lot of stuff going on on the four-cycle sprint side and the road race side as well. And uh, we'll try to keep you up to date on all of that. So, again, we thank you for listening to this edition of CartCast. Thank you to uh, Scott Heath and Roll Speed Performance for uh, bringing this to you. And also, uh, thanks to Keith Champagne for his help in keeping this going as well. Keith will be back with us very soon here to uh, 
help me keep you up to date on the four cycle sprint and road race side of things. And we'll have some uh, more two cycle stuff coming up. As I said, Jack Armstrong on the next show and uh, looking to have some dirt content as well. And we'll continue uh, right on into the summer. Looking forward to attending several kart races over the course of the summer here, um, especially those that are in the Southeast and mid South. And we'll, um, We'll try and uh, keep you informed where we're going to be uh, as well. So, again, thanks to all of you. Don't forget uh, steeringwheelnation.com slash SWM magazine. Uh, subscribe to the magazine. Next issue is in process and will be out soon. And we are going to have um, a really, I, I'm not going to use the word alarming, but this, the we're going to have uh, an article about something called the RPM Act. And although this would seem that it doesn't directly affect karting, it does directly affect motorsports as a whole. And it is an article that I would encourage every single one of you to make sure that you take the time to read because um, there are some things going on with respect to the EPA and things they're trying to do to motorsports. And the RPM Act is a bill designed to counteract that. So we'll have all the details of the next edition of SWM Magazine. Uh, so please subscribe, 30 bucks uh, a year, twenty nine ninety five for four issues. And uh, again, we're working on the next one. We are excited to bring that to you. We're going to have coverage from Daytona. Um, and also uh, a bunch of other stuff as well. So uh, look forward to that. And thanks for joining me on CartCast. We'll see you on the next show. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. Have a blessed week, everybody. So long.